to another episode of the Favorite and Fabulous Podcast. Happy Saturday. Happy Valentine's Day weekend. I know love is just everywhere in the air. We're just sharing it. We're just receiving it, hopefully, and just giving it all out to and just also receiving God's love. I thank y'all for um, being supporters of Favorite and Fabulous, listeners to Favorite and Fabulous. Just know that I love you. I know that you love me. Um, that just that just made me think about Barney. <laughs> I love you. You love me. Thanks for being a part of the Favorite and Fabulous family. <laughs> that was a little bit of a tongue tie, but y'all get the point. Nonetheless. I'm thanking God so much for today's episode. Um, Just even that he gave me something to share this week. Um, Shout out to season three. We're going strong. Okay. Um, But it's so crazy. Earlier this week, God um, gave me the title of this episode, hit me with some scriptures. And I was like, okay, okay. And then he made me live it. (laughs) So I'm just also thankful for a guy who doesn't allow me to be a hypocrite. As I've said so many times before, shared with y'all how back in 2018, I was like, God, I don't want to, you know, I know you called me to ministry, but I don't want to be teaching about stuff or talking about stuff. And I don't, I ain't lived it. I don't know. And like I said recently, I don't want to live too much else that I don't already know. If I ain't already lived, if I don't already know, I'm like, "Mm -mm, I'm good, Lord get somebody else to teach you <laughs> and I'm laughing at that because I know he probably somewhere like very neat quit playing with me like you're gonna do what I say and I'm like okay um but nonetheless I'm just thankful because he truly does not let me speak what I don't know in truth and um last week I had a a, a girlfriend reach out to me and just ask me for some um some wisdom on having difficult conversations and and just being bold even within that difficulty and she asked for some biblical and some practical tips and I mine were all of the above and I'm just thankful for that opportunity to have been able to share share with her what I had previously experienced but then like I said God hit me this week with two opportunities to practice what I preach and it's, it's almost like I'll be like um all right now run that through the ringer. Like, okay, let let's let's you know, let's talk about it. Let's live it out. We're gonna talk about it, we're gonna live it out. And so, like I said, I'm just grateful for the accountability from God that just keeps me um accountable to him, but also accountable to you all or whoever else God will have me minister to. Um, and so I'm thankful for that because I never want to be a person that knows everything. Y'all know how them people be sometimes. Like, they done just been through it all. Like, they just got all the experiences in the world, just know everything. You be like, bro, you ain't even been through nothing. Like, you can't <laughs> you can't sit with me. You don't know what I done been through. Um, I'm thankful that God has helped me not be that person. And I don't pretend that I can relate to things that I don't relate to. I can empathize with everything, but I can't relate to everything. And I'm thankful for the things that I can relate to. God still challenges me to... Um, you know, stay on my toes and make sure that what I'm saying is what I actually live. And so, um, you know, 2021 into 2022 presented several, several big challenges for me personally, um, just in being stretched in my faith. Like I had never been stretched before. And it's so crazy because I've talked to several people since, you know, coming out of my faith missionary journey I'll say where I just kind of went wherever God said didn't have no money wasn't you know working or anything like that so kind of coming out of that now 
I look at it and sometimes I'd be like, I would never, ever, ever recommend it. (laughs) I would never tell anybody to go and do that mess. Like, and I don't mean to call it mess, but I'm thankful because all the stuff that I've been able to share this year or even just not even on a, a, a platform of any sort, but just personally, like I have so much more wisdom and understanding of who God is. And so even when I endure constantly through challenges of the day-to-day life and just trying to sometimes get my feet beneath myself and like you know figure out okay well what's next what I'm supposed to be doing now it's like I just have a new understanding for God and so it, it pushes me out of um any dark moments or or sad moments or you know just any frustrating moments whatever it may be like I'm just thankful because at the end of the day like I've had encounters with God to really know him and know his character and know his nature beyond um, any circumstance. And so, you know, that just came with the territory. Like there was just stuff that I had to go through. There was a lot of stuff that God needed to strip down and off of me um, and in a very private way. And I'm just thankful because it's those private moments with him that have enlarged my testimony And I'm not private, as y'all know, about those moments because I know that transparency has not only been healing for me, but that is healing for other people. And so I don't look at 2021, especially as as um, anything I regret or anything that I wouldn't do. I will say it's hard and it wasn't for the week (laughs) because there was sometimes I was like, Lord, now what now? We doing what? Like, why we got to do this again? Like, why we got to, you know, go here, go there, whatever. But I'm thankful that I made it through and, and that I can share more of what I've learned. But even in that, you know, this episode today is called The Bold and the Beautiful. And it just makes me think about how bold God had me being just in this last year. But even in, you know, preparing this episode, he took me back two years ago. So we're going back to 2020. Around the time of first, I first started this podcast and there's an episode, episode number five is called Go Deeper, where I talked about um, the boldness that Peter and John had in the book of Acts where, you know, they were being criticized for preaching about Jesus and, and you know, how they, they literally prayed and, and asked God to pretty much cover them. He's like, OK, if we're going to teach this word and we're praying right now that you know that you take care of us that you see all these people that are threatening us you see all these people that are you know talking about killing us or putting us in jail or what have you and and we are praying that you give us a boldness and a confidence to speak your word um and to perform these miracles in your name and so when I when I was like I said preparing this God brought that episode back to me but even in that you know I have realized that this whole confidence and boldness thing is is twofold. So it's not just what you say, but it's in what you do. And for me, I was tested in not only what I said, but what I what I did, what I committed myself to doing um, for God. And so when I look at 2020 specifically, there was this incident. I remember, side note, after I had made the podcast, started And and, because in the podcast, I shared how I had been praying for that confidence and boldness, how after reading that, I was like, you know what? I want some of that juice. Like, I I want the Holy Spirit to enter me again so I can be out here, 
you know, just being bold for the Lord and confident and not caring about the threats and the whatever. Um, and so God challenged me on that. Um, I'll say a couple months after, probably after he had kind of started building up my confidence and boldness, I was at this this um, volunteer event and there was this pastor who was actually um, a white male and he came into the event and he saw this pastor that was a black male and he was like, hey, you know, and they're, they're chopping it up, whatever. And I'm standing there and there's some other volunteers kind of standing right there, you know, as they're greeting each other. And he was like, man, it's hot outside. And he was like, if I stand out, <laughs> oh, Lord, I can't even say this without laughing. <laughs> he was like, if I stand out here long enough, I'm going to be as black as you. And I'm like, er? <laughs> like, first of all, it was a whole, whole lot going on in the world at that time. That was around George Floyd time. That was just, it was just, it, it was just not a good climate <laughs> for those kind of comments. And of course me, I, didn't, I don't know at that time, I didn't know the, the nature of their relationship or anything like that, but I can look around and read the room for myself as a black woman and then a, a couple other black people just kind of there that's like, okay, wait. So um, anyway, I'm just, you know, minding my business. And like I said, I, I heard that because they were literally right in front of me. And I remember being like, a few minutes later, just being like, now, Lord, that just didn't that just didn't sit right with me. Like <laughs> that just didn't. Like I said, it, it's like he didn't read the room. Um, we was outside, but anyway, and and where we were volunteering at was this neighborhood in in Baton Rouge that's very predominantly black. It's actually um, the blackest, I'll say, area in the city. One of the most poor, one of the most dangerous places in the city. Um, and and of course, the people that we were going to be serving that day also African American, just black, 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 everything. We all black out there, and and so he came into an environment where he then was the minority, and then to say something like that was just very, very insensitive. Like I said, considering the climate, and again, while I personally didn't know the nature of their relationship, I can't speak on if that's how they joked all the time or what have you. Um, for me, I was just like, bro, that that's that's kind of messed up. And so I remember um, taking a step back and just being like, okay, Lord, like, I'm just really, you know, kind of new around these parts. Like, how do I address this? Or do I address this? Or what is, what am I supposed to do? And so God was, God literally told me, you know, to just pull him aside after the event and say something. And so lo and behold, I'm minding my business. And there's another young lady there that's like, you know, did you hear what he said to the other pastor? And I'm like, girl, yeah, like I'm standing up here, <laughs> you know, like, yes, I heard that. That was just, and so of course she's also saying, you know, that was just inappropriate. It was insensitive, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to be obedient. <laughs> I'm going to say something. So as, you know, people are leaving, I kind of, you know, I'm walking out and I asked like, hey, do you have a moment? I was like, I know we're kind of new to meeting each other. I said, but I wanted to be obedient and say something to you. I said, there's a comment that you made when you first arrived. And I said to the black pastor, and I said, while you may know him, while y'all may be friends, um, I just wanted to encourage you to be mindful of not only the climate of the world right now, but also the place where you're serving, you know, because a comment like that could have been heard by a, a child, a youth, a, a parent, or anybody, and it may not have been perceived well, while that may be for y'all how y'all joke about it you know that 
is something that even as a, especially as a pastor, as a leader, because you're held to a higher standard, as the Bible says, you know, it's important to make sure you're being sensitive of the climate around you. That was the beginning and the end of what um what I said about it. And I kid y'all not, this man looked me right in, his fa- in my face and said, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. And I was like, um, pretty sure you did because... <laughs> I'm not the only person that heard it. <laughs> and he was like, I would I would never say anything like that. Oh, no, that wouldn't come from me. I would never. And I was like, okay, well, again, I'm just going to encourage you <laughs> like God led me to do to just be sensitive to this climate um, because that could have been offensive to some people. So I'm walking off and I'm questioning like, Lord, did I hear what I heard? <laughs> and I'm thankful because had it not been for the other witnesses present, like, the man would have probably had me thinking I was absolutely crazy out there. And I'm like, I know I'm not crazy, but it was such a a love filled um, even I'll say correction. I don't I don't really consider it a correction, but it was such a love filled like, hey, let me just, you know, say this. This is what God told me to say to you. Let me just tell you this. Um, but I remember crying right after talking to him because I was like, first of all, like, oh, my goodness, who this like? new boldness who this like I (laughs) I had not really experienced that level of like let me speak up about something in my life um in that way and so it was scary to me to have been filled with the Holy Spirit enough to say something but also to say something to a pastor and then to say it in a bold way but also in a way that was like I said very sweet and very you know, just considerate of other people. And so, you know, that was my experience and in, in what I said. And, and, and like I said, you know, confidence and boldness is two things. It's what you say, but it's also what you do. And so as I've shared before, my experience with, with boldness and what I've, what I've done, what, <laughs> can't get my words out, what I've done comes specifically one of the best examples I can give is in leaving my job last year and I've told y'all many times before God started telling me I was gonna leave months in advance told me to pack a bag all that kind of stuff told me to inform my bosses you know that I was leaving which I did told me to prepare the position literally to the T for the next person and I kind of brush over this like whenever I talk about it I don't really talk about it in in depth um per se and I gotta be like okay gotta go bye I love you you know but in in all honesty, it wasn't a fast paced thing for me. It wasn't like, oh, woke up today, I'm gone, bye. Like this was months of obedience and months of planning and months of having conversations as necessary and just making sure that my end of, of the deal, if you will, was done. Like what God told me to do very specifically was was complete. And so that was boldness in my action because To be honest, leaving was hard. And I don't know if I've shared this before. I know I've talked to a few people about it recently, so I'm not really remembering if I talked about it on the podcast. But I have this voice memo on my phone where um, a few days before I packed my bag, I recorded myself just talking to God. And and it's so interesting because I forgot the thing was on there until a couple weeks ago when I stumbled across it and listened to it. But I remember saying, like, you know, God, I'm nervous because to pack my bag would mean that I'm actually going somewhere, you know, to be obedient like that is like a new level for me. And so I don't know if you can imagine having packed that bag and having told these folks like well over two months in advance, like, okay, 
God is telling me I'm going somewhere. I'm not really, really sure where that is. I know Atlanta's one of the places I got to go. But, um, you know, it was it was hard because I enjoyed that job because I had gotten that job, too, out of obedience to God and just being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing like he told me specifically to do. And so it was hard to leave on a whim, if you will. Not a whim, because that kind of means that you weren't prepared, but to leave in such urgency, I'll say. But, you know, like I've said before, the urgency, it was urgent or, or last minute or whatever to other people, but it wasn't like that to me because it was something God had been preparing. And it honestly shouldn't have been like that to my supervisors because it was also something I communicated with two people. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, there's still people who are upset about that or who feel some type of way or whatever. Um, and I've had to just stand in the truth and the confidence and the boldness that God did tell me to leave. And God did have me prepare the position and he did have me have conversations. And, you know, he did have me do it the way that he told me to do it. Even though people were upset at me, it was never done out of spitefulness or deceit or anything. It was legitimately done out of obedience, but also obedience coded with with the best of intentions, the best of love, the best of concern. Because like I said, I loved my job. It wasn't anything like, hate it here, gotta go, peace out, don't care what happens to y'all. Like it was, that was never, and, and the people who truly know me know that, that that's not my heart, period. But um, like I said, that was a difficult thing, but it also required a level of confidence and boldness in God um, to not only be backed up in what I said, but what I did. And so the common denominator here between what we say and what we do is love. And so the first point I want to talk about today is just um, 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen. let all you do be done in love. I think this is such an important scripture to govern our lives by because when it comes to confidence and boldness, whether that's in having hard conversations whether that's in um, reconciling relationships, whether that's in correcting someone, whether that's in complimenting someone, whether that's in, excuse me, doing something in our own lives, like going back to school, starting a business, whether that's in day to day, you pumping gas, you paying the cashier, you going out to eat, whatever, like everything that we do should be governed with a heart posture that's full of love especially when it's hard things and you know it's 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 human nature sometimes to want to respond the way that we've been responded to or the way that we've been talked to so if somebody talks to you rude sometimes it's it's natural to want to pop back off if somebody pushes you you want to push back you punch me I'm punch back you know it's it's in our innate sinful nature to want to respond in that way, but we have to remember to be governed by the fruits of the spirit as Galatians 5, 22 and 23, I believe says, um, but just making sure that everything we do is done in love because when your heart is postured in a way of love, regardless of if people receive what you have to say, regardless if they accept what you had to do in obedience to God, if you do it in love, then God is present in it. Then he's going to um, back up what you say. And so even when I had to tell that, that pastor, Hey, you know, maybe, you know, be a little more sensitive to the area that you're in and the things that you're saying, especially with the climate of the world right now, 
that was coded in love. When I had to resign from my job almost immediately, <laughs> that was coded in love. There was there wasn't spite in my heart. There wasn't um, malice or vengeance or anything wicked. It was legitimately just coded in the best of love to say, on one hand, here's a word of correction for you. Here's some 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 sound advice I'll say for you. And it's delivered in love. You know, sometimes we want to get people told or, you know, point out what people are doing wrong so that they can fix their lives or whatever. It doesn't matter what you're saying to people if you have been given a word of correction or if you've been given something. It should always be coded in the same love that God would code it in. It should always be given with the same heart and the same posture from God. Like, he loved you enough through your mess. Like you should be able to love somebody else through their mess, even if you have to correct them when, you know, whether it's your children, whether it's your spouse or whatever, just making sure that all we're doing is being done in love. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the second point, um, is the Holy Spirit present? Um, it's so, so important to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit in any and everything, because this is probably the most, um, I'll say, underutilized or underacknowledged part of um, Christianity, specifically for newcomers to faith. So when you are sometimes introduced to faith, it's, it's all based on, oh my goodness, you know, Get baptized, you're saved by the blood of the lamb and share your testimony. Tell us where you came from, what God has saved you from, where you, you know, what your background is versus where you are now. Um, but sometimes the thing that's missed is teaching people the access, the level of access that we have to the Holy Spirit. Um, I was talking to some people recently, side note, this is a whole side note, but thank you, Lord, for bringing it up for me to share it right now. How I will. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I was talking to some people recently about um, just mentorship and leadership, etc. So I had this mentor. She actually was somebody who helped me out a bit when I was on my journey in Atlanta. And I remember um, being actually being introduced to her by one of my um, former line sisters. And I, you know, met her. She um, was was great in giving me some prophetic words, etc. Um, and I remember before meeting her, having talked to this line sister, but also having prayed about just wanting a mentor. So at that season in my life, late 2019, early 2020, I was really, really like moving in a direction where I was like, there's no turning back. Like legitimately, I ain't going back to my old life. I want God. That's it. And I would spend so much time. Y'all, I legit probably got about five or six Bibles. And the people closest to me know, like, I love studying the Bible and peeling it apart. And there's so much more that I need to learn. But I'm I just, I love it. Like, I've never been a history girl like that. But biblical history is just like tickles my fancy. <laughs> but um, long story short, um, I was studying and I would just be even in my apartment, sometimes I'd be like, man, you know, I wish I had somebody to call and, you know, help me understand these scriptures a little bit better. Like if I have a question about something or like, man, you know, I, I wish I had somebody 
who's a little more strengthened in their faith that I could look to to help me grow in my faith too. And so after sharing that, like I said, praying about that to God, like, God, I would love a mentor. I had talked to this woman at church about, you know, potentially having a mentor that kind of fell through. But then talking to this young other young lady, like I said, about wanting a mentor. A few months later, she introduces me to who her spiritual mentor was, who then became my spiritual mentor. And throughout the course of like a year and a half or so, give or take, um, there were a lot of positive things that I learned from this person and there were also a lot of negative things that I learned from this person and when I say negative I don't I don't mean like um to like I I don't really know how to explain that but I I just know like in relationships with people you can observe a lot and you have to take the good with the bad with the ugly sometimes and and I'm just in a place in my life where you know, I recognize that we all got something, you know, and so I say all that to say, like, just being um, or having this person as my mentor for a period of time, it was very interesting to me. And I learned a lot about what to do in leadership or what not to do in leadership. God, you know, began to speak to me very clearly about those things and just very clearly about spiritual gifts and just what he said to me very specifically on two different occasions was he reminded me of um, how the children of Israel begged God for a king. And it's it's also in first Samuel and they talked about, um, you know, how they how they wanted somebody to rule over them, if you will. And God was all like, look, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be your ruler. I'm supposed to be the one that's leading you, guiding you, whatever. But instead, they were like, no, we want somebody physical. We want somebody here in person that we can go to and look to and ask whatever. So God told the prophet Samuel or the seer Samuel to anoint Saul as the king. So he's basically like, hey, when you see this man, this is who I want to be king. You're going to know him, blah, 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 blah. And so Samuel's like, OK, so he meets Saul, anoints Saul as the king. Saul becomes king shortly after begins to prophesy, begins to, you know, walk in his authority as king. And um very shortly after Saul started messing up, like Saul started having all kind of problems, not fully being obedient to God, which I'll talk about a little later in this episode. But what God had to show me was, you know, what the children of Israel didn't recognize was that they had a direct level of access to God for themselves. Um, And when they asked for a king, if you will, it put a barrier in the middle. So it's like, Okay, now y'all got to come through the king. And of course, back then, I'm, I'm saying a direct level of access, but there were a lot of stipulations. There were priests, there were prophets, there were all this, these these people, I'll say, in the middle of people just being able to go directly to God all the time. But even in that, you know, it's like they wanted somebody to help them. And what God had to show me about myself was that in that season of my life, like, I wasn't confident enough in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know enough even about what the power and presence of the Holy Spirit was or could potentially be in my life that I felt like if I just have a physical person I can call on to help me with certain things or, you know, whether it was, oh, help me interpret this dream or whether it was, you know, I, I teaching me, you know, random stuff. I don't, I don't know, whatever. But, you know, he, he had to show me like, 
Verena, you didn't need a mentor. Like, you just had me. And so it was through that revelation that it started helping me, like, even just be more bold in the fact that I didn't need that relationship anymore. Like, it was it was good for the season that it was good for. But now where I am in my walk, I don't desire a, a spiritual mentor, nor do I intend to become a spiritual mentor. And what I mean by that is, like, because I've learned so much, like, my heart is always to push people back to God for themselves. And I'm thankful that I had this person present to help me like legitimately helped me dig up past trauma, um, give me prophetic words that God has sent, you know, especially in a season where I I needed that. But as God was able to grow me faith in, in my faith, then it strengthened my desire even to just not have a middleman to some regard, because while it wasn't a middleman every day, all day or anything like that, like I got to a point where I was like, God, I don't even want it. I just want to hear from you. Like, because there were so many times where I would be like, okay, that's great. But I want to go back and check with God for myself, which is side note, the posture we should have anytime we receive anything prophetically or anytime we learn something in church or whatever, we should always take it back to God for ourselves with whatever you hear, whatever. Listen, it could be the gossip, the hot tea on the street. You better take it back to God. <laughs> like you better check in with him to make sure whatever you done heard is true or or if it's not true for him to reveal things to you before, especially before you internalize things. But I say all that to say, I did not recognize at one point in my life how powerful the Holy Spirit is. And so it's my heart's desire to help other people recognize that because I kid you not. I have learned more from the Holy Spirit than I've ever learned from any person preaching, teaching, mentoring, stewarding, whatever me in my life. And and it's such a, um, a timeless resource for us. Like just having the Holy Spirit with you is is I mean, it's just phenomenal. And and I enjoy it. But I also want it for other people. So I'm like, this is great. Like, you got to get some of this Holy Spirit juice, you know, so. I say all that to say, again, I know this is one of the areas that's not um, fully explained or like highlighted for people. Um, But when I say, is the Holy Spirit present? First, is he instructing you to do it? So when I talked about leaving my job or, or talking to the to the pastor at the volunteer event, like I had to take a pause and say, God, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to say something to this man? Okay, you're telling me I'm leaving my job. What am I supposed to do after that? And that's when God was like, tell you. Well, first he said, prepare the position. Then he said, tell your bosses. You know, it was order to the instructions on what I was supposed to do based on me pausing and taking a minute for myself to go directly to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, how do you want me to handle this? Because the thing about it is sometimes the Holy Spirit might be giving you a word or giving you something so that you can go pray about it. So in that instance with the volunteer like situation, I could have asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And he could have said, just go pray about that. Pray for his spirit. Pray, you know, against division. Pray against, you know, um, offense or whatever that that instance could have caused in people. He, you know, it could have been, okay, just, you know, keep that top of mind so that you'll know what not to do in a situation as a leader, what not to say. And and just so you'll be mindful of how to read the room, how to like, he could have gave me different instructions around it. 
based on whatever he wanted me to say or whatever he wanted me to do or whatever he wanted me to learn. But I had to pause and ask first. So did the Holy Spirit instruct you or what did the Holy Spirit instruct you to do? Always stop and say, hey, God, like, ooh, what does this mean? Because sometimes we want to see and react. Oh, you see something wrong. You want to fix it. Oh, you hear something wrong. You want to correct it. Oh, you, you know, like. Or, you know, somebody that's out there doing something wrong. God might just want you to be on your knees praying for them that they come off drugs or or stop having sex or or learn their worth or are healed from something like it's not always a matter of going up and touching somebody to pray over them and heal them in public or to confront somebody when they've hurt you. Sometimes your job is to just be on your knees and on your face praying for those things. And so making sure that you are getting the instruction by the Holy Spirit is, is such a big key here. Um, the second thing about this is, is the Holy Spirit guiding you? So once you get the instruction, if it's to pray, okay, well, how do you want me to pray for this person? What specifically should I be praying about this? If it's to address a situation like I had to do here, what are the words you want me to say? When do you want me to do this? Where do you want me to do this? Just, you know, getting the full picture of what something means, what the instruction is, is very key here. And then, of course, the third part of, you know, is the Holy Spirit present is just the prayer. So as I talked earlier briefly about, you know, Peter and John in the book of Acts, so it's Acts twenty nine thirty one. <clears throat> I mean, Acts 4, 29 through 31, excuse me. And I'm going to read it real quick. It says, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. So first, like I said, getting the Holy Spirit to, instru- uh, to instruct you, getting the guidance from the Holy Spirit, but also praying. So, you know, making sure that we are inviting God into um neutralize situations as necessary to go before us to to clear space to make room for whatever he's instructing us to do but the thing that I love about this is it says the Holy Spirit filled them and then they spoke and preached with boldness some versions they spoke some versions they preached but it's like they had to be filled with the Holy Spirit first before they access that level of boldness so just understanding that this boldness This bold and the beautiful is not coming without the Holy Spirit. It's not the confidence, the courage, the strength, like I said, to have hard conversations, to, you know, walk in in the fullness of God. It's not going to come without having the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you don't need another person to do that for you. You don't you don't need a, a teacher to teach you how this how this works. Your teacher is God. Your teacher is the Holy Spirit. So even where you are right now, if this word is piercing your heart or convicting you, I encourage you to take a minute and stop and and ask God to teach you how to welcome the Holy Spirit in, to teach you how to hear from the Holy Spirit, to teach you how to be led by the Holy Spirit, to teach you how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so you too can access this level of confidence and boldness because these folks was facing real deal threats out here and yet they responded 
with prayer and asking for more boldness so that they could continue to do what God had told them to do. And then the third and final point, and I'm going to wrap this baby on up, is obey, period, with a T. Um, And the reason I say that is because one of the scriptures I'm going to mention in a second, I put period by it in my Bible when I read this last year. But, um, you know, when it comes to obedience, sometimes being obedient is easy. Like just some stuff that, you know, the word of God instructs us to do or God may have us to do. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. I can do that. Oh, OK, cool. I can go over there. OK, cool. I can, you know, not say that and I do this, whatever. But there's some stuff, there's other stuff that's like a little bit hard. <laughs> that's just a little, little bit challenging that requires just a little bit more of a stretch in our obedience. And, um, you know, the thing about it is that we can do hard things so we can do it and we have to do it anyways. Um, especially if we have the Holy Spirit within us, we can do all kinds of hard things, all kinds of things that didn't seem possible can can then become possible because we have the Holy Spirit. And so when I think about my job, like I said earlier, it wasn't easy for me to, to tell them folks I was leaving. Like, it, And it definitely wasn't easy to to have sent an email resigning like, boom, you know, even with having said it in advance, even with having prepared everything, even with, you know, having been obedient it in my heart, it was just like, dang, you know, I, I don't want to let anybody down. I know I'm being obedient to God, but like, ooh, you know, it was just like, mm. um, and so, and, and for me, like, I'm, I've always been like planner, planner, planner person. Like my agenda probably got a hundred stickers ready to be stuck on any given day. (laughs) Um, Never, never operated without a plan. And so it wasn't easy for me to even leave and, and go on my journey with God without fully knowing the fullness of what that was supposed to be. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you want me to go? You going to tell me where? You going to tell me this? And granted, God did that. He did back all that up. But in advance, though, God wasn't like, oh, yeah, you finna go out here and, you know, I'm going to teach you what it's like not to have any money. <laughs> like, he, ain't, he didn't disclose all them details in advance because your girl probably would have been like, now what now? Hold on. Because it ain't going to work. Um, but I say all that to say, like, when it comes to obedience, as as long as we um, have the Holy Spirit, we can still do it. And um, I wrote First Samuel 15, 22 in here, going back to Saul, as I kind of talked about with the mentor thing. Um, when it comes to Saul, Samuel anointed Saul as king in obedience to God. And then immediately Saul started messing up like. I mean, just just blowing it. God gave him very specific instructions on what to do. And 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 Samuel, I mean, and Saul was out here like, well, I'm going to do some of that, but not all that. Or like, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to turn my head and let my men, you know, do what they want to do. Like, I know you said kill everything and everybody, but my men want to bring some 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 animals back and sacrifice them to you. And I'm, I'm going to sacrifice their king. I'm not going to not sacrifice. I'm going to spare their king. So we ain't going to kill everybody, even though God was like, wipe, wipe out the mamas, the babies. I don't care. Everybody need to die. You know, um, that partial obedience was still disobedience. And so what Samuel was able to tell Saul in first Samuel 15, 22 was basically that obedience is better than sacrifice. And obedience to God is better than, you know, a sacrifice of rams, like of fat of animals of whatever. So we have to make sure that that we are being fully obedient to God and. Like I said before, 
even when I had to leave my job, that wasn't always that wasn't an easy thing to do. And even in hindsight, you know, I've looked back on it and been like, dang, Lord, you know, <laughs> you had me roll out. But, you know, sometimes we want to spare people's feelings or save face or keep up a reputation or whatever. But but that stuff doesn't matter to God. And I'm not saying that your reputation doesn't matter to God. I'm not saying that the way, you know, the purpose he has for you um, is not all it's not also important to be obedient and to be pleasing to him and, and of course to have relationships with people. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying just obey God and blow up the whole city and everybody hates you like whoa whoa whoa. That's not the heart behind it at all. We just have to remember that obedience to him means more than how you feel about what people are gonna think or what your reputation looks like or how you gonna spare somebody feelings because they feelings might be hurt that I gotta leave today instead of putting in a, a two, three week notice or they feelings might be hurt because my two month notice wasn't good enough or their feelings might be hurt because they feel like I betrayed them. Like you, you can't look at things that way when it comes to obedience because you have to trust that and whatever your God is instructing you to do, being obedient is greater than any of that stuff. Being obedient is greater than pleasing any man. And that brings me to Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Um, Peter and John facing the same kind of situations. Peter says, um, it says, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. So at this point, people were trying to silence them from preaching, trying to make it basically where they were going to go to jail if they continue to preach the word of Jesus. And it's like, Peter was like, listen, I got to listen to God before I listen to y'all. Like some versions, I believe it's a question, more of a question. And it's like, is it better for us to obey God than it is to, I mean, is it better for us to obey men than it is to obey God? Um, and so when you're looking at what obedience looks like and, and, even in, in the consideration of other people, you have to put God first. You have to obey God over people. And the thing about it is this. Like I said before, love, the Holy Spirit, and obedience, they all work together. So if you're being obedient to God and you're doing it with love and you're doing it with the presence of the Holy Spirit, even if people misunderstand, even if people mad and still mad, even if people talk about you, even if people, you know, dislike you for the rest of your life you have to understand that God is going to back up the fact that he has you be obedient you know I look at my life and I'm like there's so many things that I've still been kind of waiting for God to do that he said and, and I don't sit around twiddling my thumbs every day like oh God said it's gonna happen and blah 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 and I'm thankful even for this week with some of the conversations that I was able to have you know being able to move into the, the direction of, of God doing what he said, even through those conversations, I'm thankful. And, you know, for anything that I look at and I'm still like, well, that's not fixed yet. Or, well, this ain't, you know, there yet. Or I don't see the fruit of this yet. Or I don't, you know, this ain't happening yet. I can rest. Um, and, and even in times where I find myself being a little antsy or being like, come on, God, where you at? It's like I always am able to come back to a place of rest. Um, because I believe that the fact that I was obedient in love, the fact that I was obedient with the presence of the Holy Spirit, the fact that um, I, I probably should say the fact that I was bold with love, the fact that I was bold with the presence of the Holy Spirit and the fact that I was 
bold in obedience, like God is going to back that up. God is going to um, to support that. And so I just want to encourage you all today, whether it's a hard conversation, whether it's a um, a reality check, whether it's uh, instruction to pray, whether it's a reconciliation opportunity or whether it's just a transparent moment, you know, whatever this looks like for you, just being able to be bold and beautiful in the things that God has told you to do, always acting in love, always making sure you have the Holy Spirit present and always obeying God first above men because God's purpose, God's peace, God's reconciliation, God's connection of the dots in the grand scheme of things, that's all a part of his plan. But we have to do our part in making sure that we are doing what he tells us to do regardless and and always, always, always acting from a place of love. And like I said, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I hope that this encourages you all today to be bold and to be beautiful. I'm thankful that you all continue to listen. Um, Happy Valentine's Day to you all. I look forward to being back hopefully next week with another episode as we continue season three. And I am just praying for you all that you um, spend some time in the presence of the Holy Spirit, just asking him for this boldness and this confidence, Um, looking back over these scriptures, reading them for yourselves, getting a full understanding of the word of God and just the level of access that you have directly to him and the fact that he wants you to have that kind of access and that kind of relationship. So thank you so much for listening. I love y'all. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Favorite and Fabulous, on Instagram at Favorite and Fabulous underscore. You can also follow me at Veronique Bailey. And remember, you are favored by God and he made you fabulous. Peace out.